the Lord. Will you help me thank God for our worship team? We are grateful. Grateful, grateful. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me. Oh, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love. For the reading of the word. While you're standing, permit me to mention the Lord has blessed us with our own insurance program for the church. And we are pleased to report that on December 5, uh, you can come and the insurance company will sign you up. Basically, for those of you who have not been able to attend church meetings, uh, we have meetings every Monday via teleconference, and our Deaconess Ministry has been working on this for two, three years. And basically, what we have done is to use our membership, leverage the numbers just like the city of Pineview or the city of Alexandria or any company, Procter Gamble or Walmart would do. It just dawned on us, we have the numbers here also. So we use that to negotiate so that we can get our prices cheap. So the offering that the church is gonna be offering you, you will not find that in the commercial market if you go alone. So you can get life insurance, barrier insurance, uh, 
in the name of our church. The church is making nothing out of it. We're just using a big number to negotiate the price. Companies do that all the time. So December the 5th is a Saturday from 9 a.m. till 1 p.m. You can come in uh, in the church right there in our theater and sign up. I'm going to be signing up too. I have life insurance of my own. I'll get another one. Amen. So I get buried so nobody have to pass the heart when I die. So this is the name of the game. They will also be here Sunday, December 6th. Thanks to our Deaconess Ministry. You all did a good job. We thank God for all of you. Amen. Amen. Open your Bible to the book of Romans, chapter 8. The book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 14. Thanks to our musicians, our singers. What an awesome worship experience this morning. We are grateful for your ministry. The book of Romans, chapter 8, verse number 14. When you find it, please say amen. amen. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are laid by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Remain standing as we pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for another beautiful day. We know in our knowing that this is the day you, God, has made it. By faith, we will rejoice and be glad in it because your word says so. Thank you, O oh God, for all the families present here. Thank you for those who are live streaming, those who are watching on television, those who are listening on radio. We are grateful. Thousands of people every weekend. We don't deserve it, just your grace and mercy. You make this church stand out among many. And we are grateful. Thank you for our health and strength. Father, we speak against any form of sicknesses. In our means, wherever sickness show up, we command the healing power of God in our lives, in our homes, among our children, among our loved ones. Lord, we decree and declare we shall live and not die. Lord, we thank you. Despite all what is going on, you are still healing us. It's your grace, it's your mercy, and we say thank you. Help our understanding this morning of your word. Lord, show yourself strong in the midst of your people. We'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And the church say, Amen. You may be seated. For those of you joining us for the first time, we have been teaching a series of lessons on the Holy Spirit. If you notice in many churches, you hear about God, 
and you hear about Jesus, but there's hardly any mention about the Holy Spirit. In fact, they will tell you more about angels than they will tell you about the Holy Spirit. The churches don't mean any harm. They just didn't know. So, but we thank God for your willingness to learn the word of God. We have shared with you who the Holy Spirit is. That was our first lesson. And then secondly, we talked about how you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Today we want to talk about how you can be led by the Holy Spirit. We just don't want you to know him. We just don't want to be baptized in him. We want you to be led by him. Please take note when we talk about the Holy Spirit leading you and me. It's because if he is leading, you cannot go astray. A lot of mistakes that we make in life is because we are not being led by the Holy Spirit. I've made a few mistakes in my own life too. And every time I can look back and say, ah, the Holy Spirit was not involved. So it is important to be led by the Holy Spirit. He knows all things. He can see the whole field. He can look ahead. So he knows God's plan for you. He knows where all the landmines is in life. So he can lead you and he can guide you. I remember as a young Baptist boy, I grew up singing, lead me, guide me along the way. Because those old folks know the importance of the Holy Spirit leading a person. And let me submit to you, ever since God created the planet Earth, he's always wanting to lead his people. If you don't believe me, you remember the Israelites when he brought them out of Egypt. The Bible recorded that he led them during the daytime with a pillar of cloud. So all they need to do is just follow him. He knows where he's going to. And then when it gets to nighttime and it gets dark and they cannot see, he led them with a pillar of fire. And I don't know about you, sometimes in my own life it gets dark. And thank God for the Holy Spirit. Where there is darkness, it will shine a light. Have you ever heard the old folks say, shine on me. Let the light from the lighthouse shine on me. See, don't just sing these songs. There's a reason, there's a biblical foundation why you will want the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to shine on you. 
Amen, somebody. Even in the book of Psalms 23, you will remember how David acknowledged this reality, the importance of God leading you through the Holy Spirit. David said, he leadeth me beside still water. While you're traveling life journey, you don't want a rushing water. You don't want blessing that is too fast for you. That's why David said, God leads me beside still water. Amen. Some people are blessed, but the blessing is too fast for them, and the same blessing killed them. So you need the leading of the Holy Spirit. David also said, he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Because the truth be told, you and I cannot do right in our own ability. I don't care how much you try. As long as you wear this flesh on you, the flesh will flip out. So it takes the Holy Spirit to lead you, to lead me in the path of righteousness. I get really tickled when people say they are holy. Really? (laughs) And before you turn around, then they fall so flat. I've seen even great men of God, great women of God, they build big cathedrals, big ministries. But when you get to the point that you think you got it all together. And some folks in the church are like that. They actually think they are better than others. They actually think they are more holy. They are more righteous than others. And you just wait a little bit. All of a sudden, the very thing they've been condemning. They fall into their own trap. What am I trying to tell you? We need the Holy Spirit to lead us in the path of righteousness. So when I tell you, you need to learn to be led by the Spirit, this is not just some crazy suggestion. This is something very important for your life, for my life. David recognized God as the great shepherd. And if you, if you will come with me just for a few seconds to Africa, see, we have a lot of shepherds down there. You all got taxi cab and limousine up here. So sometimes, some of these things, you read it, but you don't really understand. But a shepherd has three primary functions. Number one, he meets the needs of the sheep. Number two, he feeds the sheep. But believe it or not, number three, he leads the sheep. The sheep doesn't know where to go. And the Bible called you and me, we are the sheep of his pasture. The Bible called Jesus the great shepherd. 
So we want God to lead us. And how does he lead us? He leads us by his Holy Spirit. Jesus is no longer here. He's at the right hand of the Father. But he sent the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. In the Old Testament, God literally promised his people. He said, I will be among you. I will dwell with you. But when we came to the New Testament, he went a little further. He said, I will dwell in you. He said, I will operate through you. So that means, ladies and gentlemen, when you are saved, the Holy Spirit comes in to your heart. You become what we call a new creature. But make no mistake about it. Just because you are saved, you are still a human being. You still have flesh. Believe it or not, you still have propensity to do wrong. Some church folks need to be reminded. You still have the tendency to flip out, to sin. I was chatting with all my musicians one time. We were having a, uh, a chat on the phone. And one of them said, every now and then my pastor get upset and curse everybody. I won't mention nobody's name who said that. But I said, wow, I never thought about that. <laughs> and sure enough, it just done on me. The Holy Spirit reminded me, you are living in flesh. So is some of you. Between hallelujah and thank you, Jesus. If somebody gets on your nerves, you lose your cool. So what Matt said was true. So... My brothers, my sisters, you are still in the flesh. We all need the Holy Spirit from the pulpit to the pews. Although we are Christian, but this flesh still wants to do something. Am I right about it? This flesh still wants to go somewhere. Ain't nobody shouting now, but I'll preach this gospel. Why you think you want to go to the casino? I thought you were saved. Here you are. You say you are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. And your nerves is bothering you. Now you want to light up cigarette. Ain't nobody shouting now. You want to touch something. You want to look at something. Ain't nobody shouting now. Even some of you come to church to look in your safe self. <laughs> we need to be led by the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that can lead you in the path of righteousness. That is why in the book of Galatians, Chapter 5, verse 16, the Bible says, 
If you walk by the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the only way you can escape the lust of the flesh, you got to walk in the Spirit. <laughs> you sure right about it. <laughs> so this is very, very important subject for you and me. Galatians chapter 5 verse 25 says, if we live by the Spirit, if you, if you go around and say, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, then he said, then let's walk by the Spirit. You can't just be saved on Sunday and be a devil on Tuesday. <laughs> Who is really saved? Who is really a child of God? It's not those who just preach. It's not those who just sing in the choir. It's not just those who are leading the devotion as deacons and deaconesses. It's not just those, it's not those who teach Sunday school. As far as the Bible is concerned, you are a child of God if you are being led by the Spirit. That is why today's text says, as many as are led by the Spirit, those are the sons and daughters of Almighty God. So a lot of people, you've been thinking they're Christian. You, you're fooling yourself. The real test of being a child of God is whether or not you are being led by the Spirit. The truth be told, you and I cannot live right without the Holy Spirit. The truth be told, you and I cannot even serve God effectively without the Holy Spirit. The one good thing is that being led is not a problem for most people. That is something to, to rejoice about. People don't mind being led. The real problem is that some of us are led by the wrong thing. So I've stopped by today to encourage you, change who is leading you. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Because some of you under the sound of my voice, right now you are being led by your circumstance. Not the Holy Spirit. Brother Pastor, how do you say that? All you need to do is listen to people. You can tell who is leading their lives. Have you ever seen people that will tell you, I miss my flight? And then they'll say, that must be the will of God. You see, they are being led by their circumstance. Every now and then I have to even correct people in my own house. They will say, oh, let's pray about it. I say, no, there's nothing to pray about. You flung the test. Go and read. You see how this thing is so simple? When you miss your flies, you don't blame that on God. You allow your circumstance to lead you. 
Some people will say, oh, I ran into heavy traffic. That must be the will of God. God just don't want me to, to get there on time. No, you late. In all of your getting, get understanding. I've even seen people tell me, Pastor, I didn't come to church today because I overslept. That must have been the will of God for me. God just want me to sleep. No, Brother Baba, you overslept. What am I trying to tell you? Don't allow your circumstance to lead you. Ladies and gentlemen, some people even allow their feelings to lead them. But if you know anything about feeling, it's only temporary. No feeling is permanent. I've even heard in church circle, they will say, uh, let your conscience be your guide. That is not scripture. There is no scripture that says let your conscience. Many of you marry the wrong person because you follow your conscience. And now you're in trouble. The book of Proverbs chapter 14 says, in verse 12 we say, there is a way that seems good. You feel it in your conscience. You feel it in your heart. You say, this must be the right thing. And then you go and marry a jack leg do nothing. There is a way that seemed good unto man, unto woman. But the end thereof is what? Destruction. You can't say, I was just following my heart. My heart said it would be the nicest husband I ever married. No, your heart, no good. Brother Pastor, you know that. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9 says, the heart of man is deceitful. Your heart will mess you up. The Bible said the heart is so deceitful and desperately wicked. Isn't that something? And that's the same heart you want to follow around. It will lead you right in the ditch. We need the Holy Spirit. Just because you think something in your head, that don't mean you are thinking right. Some are even guided by psychic. Mm-hmm. You'll be amazed how many people in church are guided by horoscope. I never will forget. One sister called me one time. He said, Pastor, what is your birthday? I said, I was born in March. And he said, you know I've always wondered about you. And then she started to tell me about the, the, the month of, um, of March and the horoscope. I said, hey, time out. I got things to do. I raised my Baptist finger and get, there, uh, get out of it. <laughs> Church people. Been led by astrology. But the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18, beginning from verse 10 through verse 12, God made his position clear on stuff like that. 
God said, never look at psychic. Make sure you can read. He said, never consider the mediums. Don't pay attention to fortune tellers. Don't allow the stars to lead you. Don't fool with people who contact and speak to dead. I had a minister right here. She's still mad at me. She was going to start a ministry of all the widows. My secretary is laughing because they know about this thing. I say, okay, it's a good thing to start ministry for the widows. She said, we, we can get a grant from this hospital locally. I said, no, we don't need to beg for money. We, we, we can pay our bills in this church. Tell me about the ministry. He said, we're going to get all the widows and take them to the graveyard so they can talk to their dead husband. I said, ah, the devil is a liar. I know the devil when I see one. She is still mad at me. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said God hates this thing. Make sure you can read it. Anyone talking to the dead, God don't like it. So deliver yourself. Don't be led by psychic and astrology and following the stars and talking to the dead. Be revived. The word of God says, look, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. What is the message? If you're following stars, you're not following the sun. S-O-N. Are you see here? Those are counterfeits. They cannot help you. It will be like the blind leading the blind. And some people, they don't even allow anything to lead them because they think they're all right. But the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 says, if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. You're a liar. And there's a lot of liars in the house of God. Many of you used to be so evil in your youthful day, now you're too old to do anything wrong. All of a sudden, you become the most holy one. If you say you have no sin, you are a lying devil. The truth is not in you. What is the message? We are supposed to be saved by the Spirit. We are supposed to be filled by the Spirit. We are supposed to live by the Spirit. We are supposed to walk by the Spirit. We are supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17 says, Jesus talking, he said, I will ask my father to send you another helper that he may be with you that he may lead you the spirit of truth. God made his plan, game plan, very clear. 
John chapter 14, verse 26 says, the helper we're talking about is the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to confuse him. He said, he's the one whom the Father will send in my name. Then that scripture continues to say, he will teach you all things. He will bring you into remembrance of the things that God has said concerning you. So right there you see the work of the Holy Spirit. Not only do, does God want him to lead you, but God is telling you what he will do for you and me. He will be our helper. Am I the only one that needs help? Lord knows I need help. Oh, you look a little closer at me, you say, ah, this Negro need help. <laughs> That's why we sing, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Oh, bless. You see, you've got to know in your knowing that you need God. If you think you are right, you're fooling yourself. The Holy Spirit is sent here to be your helper. The Holy Spirit also is a teacher. I don't know about you. I've been trying to do something. I have no clue what I'm doing. And that's a person with a, a doctoral degree, a postdoctoral degree. Got all the degree in the book. And still don't have no clue. <laughs> Sometimes I want to go back and say, give me my money back. <laughs> you need the Holy Spirit Amen. to teach you. Amen. And guess what else? The Bible says he will remind you things. I don't know about you. Sometimes I just forget stuff. And it's not because I'm getting old. I just there's just too much to remember. Sometimes I want I want to call somebody, and then just before I get to the phone, I don't forget who. Sometimes I want to preach the gospel. I've studied all week. Those of you who are close to me, you know, I mean, I, I'm buried in the Bible day after day. And then I'll get up here and I'll go blink. I need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you need somebody to remind you. Some of you, you are students at school. You can study all you want. But there comes a time when you get into your exam room and you just don't remember what in the world you've read. I was in Riverside, California studying music, piano music. I told you my story. And one of the things you do is what we call a reciter. You cannot graduate until you recite. And ladies and gentlemen, I work for seven months just to be able to give a one-hour yes, recital. 
religiously, I will go into the piano room, lock myself up, bring sandwich that will last me all day, running my, my finger all through the piano all day, all night. And on the day of recital, I walked on that stage. I noticed they dimmed the light. Got scared. I see all these white folks. I say, oh, Lord. Everything that I've been working on for seven months, I lost it all. I had to cry, Lord, if you don't help me. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will remind you. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I need him. Amen. We also learn from the beginning of this series that the Holy Spirit gives you power. Not only is he a helper, not only is he a teacher, not only is he a reminder, he gives you power. Like the ever-ready battery. When you're running out, you need somebody to give you double to put a super on your natural. We learned that the Holy Spirit also is an enabler. What you're not capable of doing, it will enable you to do it. I'm a living witness for that. Never passed to any church before. I thought I cannot do this. I know how to practice law, but I don't know how to pass to a church. But the Holy Spirit enabled me. This thing I'm telling you is so real. You need the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. We told you the Holy Spirit will also comfort you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will comfort you. And from time to time, you need to be comforted. And you don't have to wait until somebody died before you need comfort. What is the message? You cannot be a nobody if the Holy Spirit is leading you. You cannot be a nobody if the Holy Spirit is helping you. You cannot be a nobody if the Holy Spirit is teaching you. You cannot be a nobody if the Holy Spirit is guiding you. You cannot be a nobody if the Holy Spirit is conflicting you. We need him to lead us. I finally get to my message. So how do I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me? I'm glad you asked. I've been sharing with you all morning that you need him to lead you. I've been using my own life as an example. How he leads me, how he guides me, how he corrects me and convicts me and teach me and remind me when, I, when my, I go blank. So how do I let the Holy Spirit lead me? First of all, you have to desire him. 
He's a perfect gentleman. If you don't want him, he'll never mess with you. You have to long for him. You have to have a craving. The Bible says he will feed those who are hungry. Some of you sisters that enjoy cooking, you may enjoy cooking all you want, but it's not fun when you cook and there's nobody to eat. The Holy Spirit will not cast a pearl before swine. Number one, you have to desire him. Are you still here? Secondly, you have to look to God's word to see how he leads, how he guides. Why do you have to look into God's word? Because God's word is the will of God. Some people, you're busy waiting for a voice to speak to you in your dream. Oh, you want to see an open vision while you're driving around. But you see, if you haven't done nothing with what God wrote down, why should he give you anything more? And if you hear any voice from heaven, it will never contradict the word of God. That is why Psalms 119, verse 105 say, Your word is a lamp unto my path. And a light. You see, you, you need the, the word of God. Through the word of God, the Holy Spirit leads and he guides. Don't do this. Don't touch that. Don't go there. That's how he leads. The book of Psalms 119 verse 133 says, Guide my step by your word so I will not mess up. You'll be amazed how many Christians don't even read the Bible every day. Apparently, you don't want to be laid. Because if you want to be led, then you will check the scripture and God will lead you through the word of God. The Holy Spirit will open your heart to see what God wants you to do, what God wants you to say, what God wants you to, to apply in your life. Number three, there must be a realization that you are human. If you think you are so holy, have you ever seen some people you can't teach them nothing? They know everything. You can't sing to them. You can't preach to them because they think they already got it. You have to recognize that you, you have human nature, human tendency. In fact, the truth be told, every one of us here, you have three enemies in your life. Who are those three enemies? Number one, the world. The scriptures say, watch out for the world. They're crazy. I can write a book on that. Beginning with church folks. The second enemy you have, ladies and gentlemen, is the devil. All right. 
He said, Behold the devil, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he's going to devour. The Bible tells you, don't conform to this world. The world is an enemy. The devil is an enemy. But guess who the third enemy you got? Your flesh. Your own flesh. Let me ask you a quick question. How many of you can live for five minutes without sinning? Only two? Okay, at least we're close to the truth. Just two, okay? We're making progress. Five minutes! Just think about it. I didn't even say two hours. Five minutes. You need the Holy Spirit. The only way we can live without sin is by the power and the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Even God had to deal with me concerning this. God had to deal with my pride and deal with my arrogance and deal with my flesh. God had to teach me about selfishness and teach me about religion and tradition. I was a Baptist boy, Baptist to the core. And he had to help me to understand there's something better than your denomination. If you want the Holy Spirit to lead you, you have to recognize that you are a human being. Number four, you have to realize that God's standard cannot be attainable by your human effort. It don't matter how much you try. That's what separates us from other religions. Other religion thinks all you need to do is just try and just try and just keep on trying. But no, you are better off to allow the Holy Spirit to help you. I learned the hard way. Even pastor in this church, I learned I couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit. I couldn't do the work of God without the Holy Spirit. I could not minister effectively without the Holy Spirit. I rely on him to help me. I rely on him for inspiration. I rely on him for wisdom. I rely on him for courage. When I'm discouraged, he picked me up. I rely on him for power. When I'm weak, he makes me strong. I rely on him for anointing. When I don't know how to break it down to your level, I depend on him to make me. And I've been in some warfare. Even in ministry, it takes the Holy Spirit to win. I remember one time we were in church, and the devil was so mad at what I was teaching. Many of you were not here. He just sent lightning. And no other house was struck except our church building. 
That's why sometimes I look at some, some preachers now when they say, Pastor, I want to be like you. I say, if I throw the keys at you, you better duck. Can you drink from the cup? And with no light in the building, with no sound in the building, I hear the Holy Spirit say, Preach on, boy. He amplified my voice. Just during the work of the ministry, somebody came and hit my automobile head on and destroyed instantly. In ministry. I tell people all the time, you see the glory, you never know my story. Just serving the Lord here. Lost my eyes. You see me looking at you, but one eye is gone. Many of you watch me here, literally collapse serving the Lord. Paul said, my body bears the mark. Three times I was stoned. I was shipwrecked, beaten by snakes. It is not easy to do the work of the whole, the, the ministry. <laughs> you need the Holy Spirit. The only reason I'm still standing is the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you still here? Now you see why Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says, It's not by might. It's not by power. It takes his spirit. And whatever I've accomplished, make no mistake about it, it was done on my knees. It was done by the power of the Holy Spirit. My education couldn't do it. My talents couldn't save me. I couldn't make it on my own. It takes the Holy Spirit. Are you still here? You know what I'm trying to tell you? At your very best, you cannot make it without God. Now you understand why we sing, without God, I could do nothing. <laughs> without him, I will fail. See, those are not just some fine tune. Those are serious revelation. Without him, my life will be rugged. Like a sheep. <laughs> Without a You need the Holy Spirit to fix that son, that daughter. You need the Holy Spirit to fix that situation. You need the Holy Spirit to help you with your marriage. You need the Holy Spirit to guide you in your business. You need the Holy Spirit to protect your doggone job. Without him, you can do nothing. If you don't believe me, when you get to heaven, ask Peter about it. Peter was walking on water. And he got carried away. He thought, look at me, I can do it. Go, Josh. Oh, yes, it's your birthday. And Peter was rocking. All of a sudden, he started to sink. So I'm not surprised. 
when the worship team began to sing to us this morning, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. But the master of the sheep heard my, my cry. When was the last time you cried to God and said, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, lead me. If you don't help me, I don't stand a chance. Help me out of this situation. How do you allow him to lead you? Just learn to rest upon him. Learn to depend on him totally. When you get to that point that you know, moment by moment, you need him. Every hour, every minute, every second. That's why we'll be singing just a closer walk with him. Granny Jesus. Because that's somebody you knows. No. If you don't lead me, if you don't guide me, I'm going to mess up. And let me say this while I invite our worship team to come back. Then you need to learn to obey him. Believe it or not, he will tell you stuff. That's right, brother. He sure will tell you. Turn right. Turn left. Don't do this. Don't do that. He's always trying to guide you. But of what good if you tell a child, don't do this. And he do it anyway. I never will forget my son, my only son. He was in college. And he said, Dad, I want to join the fraternity. I said, son, you don't need no fraternity. He said, but this is what I want to do. I said, okay, tell me. What's in it for you? See, all my sons here, they're all into that. So he told me, oh, you can network. You can get some friends. I say, son, let me tell you, there's nothing you want in this community that you cannot have. Your family got a good name. I worked too hard to establish a name here. You don't need no fraternity. But he said, that's what I want to do. I say, okay, son, I love you. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. Make my day. See, in the fraternity, you see all, all my children in the Lord, they all. I don't have nothing. They got sorority. They got fraternity. And sure enough, one day, while he was pledging, they beat him up. They sure did. So he called me. I said, ah, no, 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 Negro. Don't, don't start that mess now. Remember, that's what you want, right? Then he said, no, I've got to get out of this. I said, ah, wrong answer. I said, let me tell you something about the Daras. Daras don't quit. You study, 
She enjoyed the ride. As the, as the, and please don't call me back. <laughs> and sure enough, I don't know what they go through. So. <laughs> but they made it. So, what am I trying to tell you? The Holy Spirit is the most important person we need. Yes, okay, to join your social organization, uh, life way, the salvation army, sorority, fraternity, first Baptist, second Baptist, first Methodist, uh, church of God in Christ, Christ of God in church. I mean, you can, you can join everything else you want to join. But be very sure that you have the Holy Spirit leading you. Come on, give the Lord God a clap of Hallelujah. If you are live streaming with us today, I invite you just like I'm inviting those who are here. Be sure that you give your life to Jesus Christ. And not only to make heaven your home while you're here, be sure you give your life to the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. Oh, I wish I could sit down with you and tell you how important this is. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. What needless pain we bear. But when you know better, you do better. If you need prayer, you're live streaming, there's a number under the screen. Dial that number. There are ministers of the gospel that are waiting to pray with you. Believe me when I tell you, there's no mountain too high that God cannot fix. And let me encourage all of you here today, when it's time for you to go, please remember to honor God with your substance. Remember to honor God the first fruit with the first fruit of your increase. You know why? Not so much for the benefit of the church, for your own good. The book of Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9, 10 says, If you do that, your barn will be filled with plenty. Your skin will bust out with new wine. While everybody is going scared, about the economy, God will be blessing you. That's the will of God for you. And I invite those of you who are live streaming to join us to do the same. You see, I'm not in the building. How can I give? Well, go to the church website, zionhill.com. There's an opportunity for online giving. Believe me when I tell you this is good ground. If I can only tell you how many thousands of people sign in every week to be fed by this ministry. And that's the kind of ministry you'll be sowing into. And God will bless you and increase you for your giving. Amen. Will you help me welcome the greatest group on this side of Jordan? God bless you. Just as Pastor said, the will of God is for you to be blessed, so we want to continue to speak a blessing over your life.
If you're streaming with us, we want to continue to speak a blessing over your life this morning. children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children be upon and a thousand generations and your family and all of your children and their children and their children we speak today upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children take his presence and behind and beside all around you all around you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening He is for you. He is for you. 
today and be blessed this week. And may God give you peace in Jesus' name.